My question this morning for you is, what ground are you standing on? There you go. And being there's not many of us, we can have audience participation. (laughs) What ground are you standing on? Peter, I want to ask you, this time last week, what ground were you standing on? Uh, Earthquake. Earthquake. (laughs) (coughs) James, where were you standing? There's always one, isn't there? Always one. Yeah. (laughs) Portman Road. Yeah. You need to pray for that team. Yeah. No, Norwich, I mean. It's all right. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Do any of us remember when Tom came and spoke about David and Goliath? Yeah. What were the main things that he was saying? Pardon? Right. How about your enemies? What's it like when a curved ball comes into your life? How do you stand then? Because it really, really got me thinking. And (laughs) probably because of different things I was involved in, just seemed to be going pants you know if I was praying for them they got worse you know that kind of thing have you ever you ever been there you know you you pray for something to happen and blow me gets worse you know you pray for well we were we were praying for a young man you know and we prayed for him one night for sleep right and then we got a text the next morning had the worst night's sleep in his life how does, how does that work out? How does that work out? So it got me thinking. got me thinking. When David stood before Goliath, he had what I call three things. He had confidence in God, confidence in who he was, but he didn't know the outcome. Yeah? He didn't know the outcome at that point, did he? But he knew, he knew that God had been with him when he'd been slaying lions and bears. That's the only thing. And then I think in Tom's preach, he said there was this seven, eight-foot man with a spear, and its head was the weight of two babies, 15 pounds. Right? And there's little Goliath. And all he's done, you're awake. (laughs) You thought I said that wrong? I did. Um, (laughs) But what happens to us when there's a Goliath roaring in our ears? How do we feel? Where do we stand? Where's our confidence? And that week before Tom had come, actually, I'd, I'd been just praying. And I said, God, it just seems whatever I pray for at the moment, it just goes wrong. What am I doing wrong? And the answer was nothing. <laughs> I wasn't doing anything wrong because perseverance produces faith. Perseverance produces faith. 
So often, I don't know about you, I want to pray and see an instant answer. But I'll tell you, the journey we go on is worth far more than the instant answer. Take our building. You know, I mean, I don't know, I, I just... I just want to honour Sue. I mean, I got so many emails from Peter Walker, I thought he was in love with me. I mean, that was that bad. You know, it was massive. I mean, one after the other, after the other, after the other. And I thought, mate, your wife must be getting really uptight here. (laughs) But, you know, what I'm going to say is, God had spoken to us. We were standing on firm ground at that point. God had spoken. And we needed to stand firm. And I've got just three things I want to say. And we're going to be done early, so you can all go home and enjoy lunch. I got up very early this morning, and I was I was down the beach by about half past five, six o'clock. And I got out of the car, met by two policemen. All right, they'd been patrolling all night. Of course, that section of beach last year had 13 suicides. And they were there trying to prevent it. And that shook me. And when I got home, my daughter, bless her heart, she said, what's the church doing? And I thought, I'm the church. (laughs) What am I doing? Where do I stand on this? And I want to... See, I, I lay them flat, then you can't see how rough my notes are. See, so I felt God say, Nigel, what's in your armory? What have you got? According to this word that we've had repeated several times, what have we got to offer? Where do I stand and what have we got to offer? You know, the enemy, if we look at it, if we look at the news, if we look at, well, we just look at the news, don't we? And the enemy is stomping. He's stomping around. He's roaring just like Goliath. And people are dying. And the world seems to be going to pot. And yet that's not the kingdom that I belong to. The kingdom I belong to is one of peace, Love, joy. And it starts with me. So where and what do I do? I love the songs that you sang this morning. All victorious songs of who we are. I love what Nick brought. It's time for normal people like you and me to share a normal gospel and to live a normal life. There was one thing that Tobbs said in his preach was that every Christian should be a confident Christian. Question, do you feel confident this morning in the God that you serve? There's all going to be a point where we're going to face him. How confident will we be? You see... Let's turn to, I mean, I'm, you know, I, I do use my Bible. Um, Romans eight thirty-seven. Would somebody like to just get that and read that? 
doesn't matter what version. Somebody else can look up 1 Corinthians 16.13. Don't be shy. You can stand up and read. If you need a microphone, I can come to you. Anybody got it? Romans 8.37. Know in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Thank you. Foundation. We know that in all things we are more than conquerors. Do you feel a conqueror this morning? Yeah? How about tomorrow morning? Tuesday morning. I go back to work for the first time for two months, Wednesday. How confident will I be? Pardon? Well, yeah, there could be that. (laughs) But I said to somebody this morning... They haven't contacted me. I haven't contacted them. I could get there and they go home. So, you know, miracles do happen. 1 Corinthians 16.13. Yeah? Be on your guard. Stand firm in the faith. Be courageous. Be strong. There you go. When the curveballs come, do we stand firm? Are we confident? As David was. He was confident. You know, I love the bit in the story where Saul offers his, his, him his armor and it doesn't fit. And when we're in situations, I sometimes find myself going to the world to put the situation right rather than God. I don't know about you, I try and figure it all out in my head. Get it all out instead of being confident in God who has everything under control. That is stupidity when you look at it. When all God, I say all God asks us to do, it's not all he asks us to do. He asks us to stand firm. He, he asks us to study The scripture, I'm going to finish up in Psalm 1, all right? And it says in there, he meditated on it day and night, right? But do you know what? He only had five books to meditate on. He hadn't got the whole Bible. He just got five books to meditate on. And yet, (laughs) he was firm in God. Because he'd seen what God had done in creation through Adam, through the rest of people. He stood on that firm foundation. Now people, you know, praise the Lord, we've got a building. What happens when we come up and we can't pay a bill? I'm not looking at Janet because her bank balance doesn't go that far. (laughs) What happens when we come up against situations Are we going to stand firm and say, look, this is what God gave us. We believe what he's done. Are we going to stand firm? Are we going to believe, you know, that he's going to take us forward? Are we going to believe that he's going to fill it with non-believers? Because I don't want to just take you lot. There's going to be much more room for people that need it, that jump off the cliff at Pakefield. Yeah? That is the confidence that I want in a God that actually when people come in, 
their lives are changed. Yeah? Like Nick. You know, we talk in a language they understand. Not, not religious twaddle. <laughs> it's not twaddle, but you know what I mean. You know, in language they understand. Because people out there are desperate. It's not just for energy bills. It's not just for food. They haven't got a clue where they're going. They haven't got a hope like we have a hope. They haven't. They haven't. The next thing in my bag, along with the Bible, I've got praise, worship and thanksgiving. When you go through a trial, the most unnatural thing (laughs) is to sing a song. Is it not? Well, it could be. It could be, oh, woe is me, here I go again. But it's not. It's that confidence in God that we can rejoice that he did it all on the cross for you and me, that we can join in the victory of that. Does that, do your heart, does it stir your heart? Does it? Mm. Need a bigger spoon. Because I think I shared this with Peter. He'll tell me whether I'm wrong. But I said to him, I feel desperate at the moment because I don't see people who don't know Jesus as Jesus does. I don't see them as lost. I don't see them as hopeless. He sent his son to die on the cross that you and me could have a relationship with him and to share with others. So, in our adversities, I want to say there are things that we can do. 1 Thessalonians 5.16 says, Be joyful. Psalm 103 Somebody find 1 Chronicles 16.23 for me, please. Um, Could somebody find Psalm 103? And 1 Thessalonians 5.16 and 18. I can start off with 103, if you've got that, I'm sorry. But it says, Praise the Lord, O my soul, all my inmost being, praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all our sins and heals all all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion, who satisfies your desires with good things, so that your youth is renewed like eagles. It's not bad, is it, really? It's not bad, is it? I could do with some renewing, I tell you. I could do with some renewing. How do you feel that when you're going through struggles? When you're going through adversity? Somebody got one Thessalonians for me? No? Oh, dear. (laughs) 
Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Give thanks in what? Sorry, I'm going to be really Pentecostal. In what? (laughs) In what? All, not some, all. Gosh. There was at times, I think, when the bank kept ringing Pete. I don't think we were too joyful at times, you know, because there is, in prayer, in prayer, in prayer, we were holding on to what God had said to us. We were holding on, standing on the firm words that God had said through the prophecy. And here we are. You know, we've got bills to pay. Praise the Lord. What was the other one I said? 1 Chronicles 23. You got that, dear? All of it. Yeah, you fell for it. (laughs) I don't know. I didn't put a verse. Did I? 1 Chronicles 16.23. Yeah, go on. In fact, the whole one is is when the ark has returned and they give thanks. But he doesn't say just give thanks to the Lord, call on his name. Make it known among the nations what he has done. Sing to him, sing praise to him. Tell of all his wonderful acts. Glory in his holy name. Let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. Look to the Lord and his strength. Seek his face always. Remember the wonders he has done, his miracles and judgments he's pronounced, O descendants of Israel. For great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. He is to be feared among all gods. For all the gods of nations are idols, but the Lord made heaven. Splendor and majesty are before him. Strength and joy are in his dwelling place. Ascribe to the Lord, O families of nations. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord glory due to his name. Bring an offering and come before him. Worship the Lord in the splendor of his holiness. Tremble before him, all the earth. The world is firmly established. Oh, firmly established it cannot be moved let the heavens rejoice let the earth be glad let it say among the nations the lord reigns amen amen and then my last thing in my bag was prayer remember tom spoke about finding the secret place it's been a busy period christmas new year How's the secret place? Amongst the unwrapping and the, I'm going to say unruly children and sons-in-laws. <laughs> when you're trying to get a secret place in between YouTube or FIFA or Lego, you know, but it's so important, people to find that firm place in the secret place. 
in the secret place with God is where you find the strength for today and bright hope for tomorrow. God is not a God that lets us down. He's given us all we need. We can put the armor on, but there are a few accessories that we need too. We need to know who we serve. We need to know the character of God. We need to praise and worship him and thank him for what he's done. And then we need to find that secret place where he can feed us and we can be fed. Serious stuff, you know, because I'm going to tell you that this is my desire as a leader of the church, as one of the leaders of the church. I want to see 20 new Christians from off the street within six months of us being in the building. That's, <laughs> that's what I've got faith for. That's what I've got faith for. I don't want to play Monopoly where people move from Park Lane to Mayfair just because they like the style of worship or they like the preach. I want people to come because when they walk into the church where we are, they find the presence of God. Is that your, is that your heart? That's my heart. You know, I know I'm not the best speaker. I, you know, I enjoy telling you about God. I enjoy it. It excites me. It excites me. You know, I can believe believe things that, you know, other people get annoyed with me because I I say, that's okay. okay. God's got it. God's got it. You know, he's there. I, I, I found many years ago when we were married, you know, we hadn't got a penny to our name and the mortgage was due and you know I was and I said don't worry we've got three services on Sunday God will provide well all three went there still wasn't anything we were going to bed and at quarter to nine the phone rang and somebody said I've got a check I've been meaning to give you all day and I can remember that was in the days when you had to go in and pay it in we went in and paid it in and paid the mortgage and we had two pounds over. That's how good our God is. But it's about the journey. It's about walking step by step by step with him. And can I tell you something? Failure is not a failure in God's eyes. If you try and you don't succeed, guess what? There's a clause that says you get down on your knees and you pray. And if, if you know it was your fault, I mean, you take David, Beersheba. Yeah? What does he do? The next psalm is all about repentance. Getting before God and repenting. And then what happens? He becomes, oh, his life is just blessed. His life is blessed. I want my life to be blessed. I'll tell you what, this is, this is where I am at the moment. In my life, I've brought two people to the saving power of God. Two in 40 years. That's ludicrous. That's ludicrous. I want to add to that. 
I want to add to that. I want us all to turn, please, I'm going to finish with this, Psalm 1. And this sums it all up for me. All right, this is, to me, this is just, I had to learn this, and I now know why, when I was 10 years old, a scripture union thing that you had to do, a Baptist thing. Well, it was. My parents were Baptist, my aunts were Baptist, and we were ists in the middle of it. And, you know, they put you in all these competitions and, oh, you know, you, you understand it, you know, recitations and, oh, Philip Lord Walton's, I don't know, win a Bible, and oh, I sucked it in and... I had to learn three psalms, and this is the only one that has stuck with me, but boy, am I glad it stuck with me. Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked or stand in the way of sinners or sit in the seats of mockers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither, whatever he does prospers. Not so the wicked, they are like chaff, that the wind blows away. Therefore the wicked will not stand in judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the ways of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. <coughs> Sums it up, really, doesn't that? How's your fruit? How's your leaf? We have a vine in our in our conservatory thing, um, and it's shedding leaves like nobody's business. I can water it every day, but it's it's the season where it sheds leaves. And yet it says here, even the, the streams, his fruit in season, his leaf does not wither. It doesn't wither. Because it is plugged in to where it needs to be plugged. So, three things. The ground you stand on, firm. When the odd balls come or the curve balls come, do we praise God? Do we meditate on his word? Find out what he says? And then, the secret place. If one thing, I want to encourage you. If my word, it always goes down when I preach. Word of the moment. Bum, 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 bum. Is this. Find your secret place. Because that's where you'll stand firm and that's where we will see God increase his power amongst us. It's a corporate thing. It's a personal thing. But I'll tell you, I'm looking forward to taking ground this year for God in Beckles and beyond. God bless you all.